jam session. Thank you for, for uh, two, I should say, uh, Greg Markels for that fancy little jam and happy Thursday or Friday Eve, as we like to call it, or at least me. And yeah, you are Friday joining Eve. us. Yeah, you're joining us again live for another session of Pillars of Franchising. So please welcome and uh, don't forget to call in or enter some notes in the chat for us as we go along. Absolutely. Always call in. We, we, we will take questions with our million dollar mentors. We have Laura Coe from Snapology on today. So if you've got questions for her, please feel free to call in. Um, and Kristen, one of the things we, we love to tout about franchising is the ability to own your own time. Um, and you and I are clearly doing that well today <laughs> as we are not in our yes. usual spaces. <laughs> no. So my apologies. If you hear a little bit of background noise, we were, uh, I've been at two baseball games already today and then flew to the quickest place I could find that hopefully had some sort of signal. Um, but I wouldn't have it any other way because it beats the heck out of sitting in a, in a suite or a little cube in the middle of an air conditioned building where you don't even know what the weather is. So uh, I'd much rather have life this way. Absolutely. We're in the same boat. We have friends that are visiting in town um, that we haven't seen in a couple of years, actually. And they were um, at the beach. So we drove on down and they've got good Wi-Fi. So here we are doing a podcast from the balcony. Awesome. Awesome. So, hey, listen, for today's word on the street, I wanted to talk about something that's come up a lot when I'm meeting with people who want to buy franchises. And it's really probably one of those things that you need to think about before you go much further than thinking about buying. And that is um, making sure that your credit is cleaned up and ready to go so that you can apply for some loans. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, um, it's definitely things, something that's important and it's something that you can do when you're planning ahead before you even really start looking for a particular brand. Yeah. It, often, depending on the situation that you're in, they will say, you know, anywhere from six months to a year ahead of time. I don't always find that to be the case. It depends, again, on what is going on with your credit and how um, tainted it might be. So, you know, we've been able to clean up some credit reports in three months, and some have taken a full year, depending on, again, what that is in there. So um, a big dinger for people happens to be a late mortgage. Those, those are weighted pretty heavily, um, but very important. So one of the first things that you say that you should be saying after I want out of this corporate life is, okay, what is my credit score? So um, a couple of the notes that I made here is, uh, you know, making sure that you get it cleaned up beforehand, obviously. Some of the things that cause people trouble when they're looking to apply for a loan, and I speak specifically and most particularly, I will say, um, for the SBA loan, because that yeah. is a government-funded, um, low rates, government-backed, I should say, um, you want to make sure that your debt to income ratio is in, is in order. You want to make sure that um, you close any unused accounts. So let's say you have a Macy's account. I know there are not many of those stores left, but we have a couple here left in Chicago. But if you've got one and it's got a $1,500 limit and you know you're never going to use it, just close it. Because a lot of times those will drag down your credit scores because it looks like you have access to credit, even though you have no intentions of using it. Make sure that you pay off every account that you can. Um, one thing that helps drive your credit score is if you have a credit card and you use it every month, if you can afford to pay it off in full, 
that looks really good. Sometimes leave a balance now and then so that it, it shows more, uh, a higher credit rating. Why it does that, I don't know. I couldn't tell you, I'm not a banker. Um, and then make sure that you have, um, if you're not sure how to do it and your banker can't help you. Now I can tell you that most bankers can, my brother does mortgages. And when we were getting ready to buy our business, I just called him and said, hey, we're getting ready to, to buy our business. I wanna make sure I've got the best credit. And he said, oh, let me look. And he pulled it up and he said, okay, according to this, this sheet that they have, you know, if you do this, that will drive your credit score 15 points. If you do this, this will drive your credit score 20 points. So there's services out there like Credit 360. I'm not plugging them. I'm just saying that's one that comes to mind um, that will look at your credit and help you determine where you should start. And, you know, there might be one item on there, let's say it's a mortgage situation and it really wasn't late, there was a mix up or whatever the case might be. Um, those are worth a lot of points to get them off your credit report. So that might be easier for you than closing out two unused accounts, right? So work right. with well, somebody who understands it. Yeah, and making sure that your credit report is accurate. I mean, sometimes things get misassigned to you that are not accurate. Sometimes you yep. have something that was paid off that they still have a record of. Um, I know in our situation, we've had divorces. <laughs> Sometimes you're connected to people that may or may not be beneficial to you on your credit report. So finding right. ways to overcome that. Sometimes you can write a letter of explanation. You know, there are all kinds of things you can do to make sure that it's the most accurate representation of where you are. Yeah. The other thing when you're looking at for a franchise anyway, the SBA 7A loan is one that, that, that you would be looking at getting. Those loans can range anywhere, believe it or not, from $500 all the way up to $5 million. Um, again, the 7A is particularly for franchises. Um, and in that particular, you know, if you're looking, if you are a business and you're looking to obtain credit, maybe you're going to expand your territory or maybe you need new equipment or who knows what you might be doing. Um, you can also get a, a credit from them in anywhere from 5K to a million dollars. So there's different kinds of plans. If you go to sba.gov, you can take a look. There's a 7A, there's a 504, there's a micro loan, and then there's an SBA Express. Um, what you want to ask as you start working with, um, whether it's myself or another consultant on choosing brands, is find out if the brands you're looking for are already SBA approved. And some of them are SBA approved for an express loan. So those are really important questions to ask a franchisor if you're looking to invest in a particular brand. Absolutely. Good advice, Kristen. And if you have any questions about that, you can certainly give us a call and we can help you out or direct you to people who are more educated about improving your credit. Um, and if you're looking to buy a franchise, absolutely reach out to your dream at palooza.franchising.com. That's right. Thank you. And this has been your word on the street. Well, hello. Hello, Ray. How are you? I'm good. And yourself? Steamy. It is steamy. I'm out here in the sun baking right now. And I don't mean the acronym. <laughs> <laughs> which we're going to talk about with our guest. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you. I'm going to read your bio right now, which I find fascinating. Uh, so Laura is the CEO of a Snapology franchise system. Laura, along with her sister, Lisa, founded the Snapology 
in 2010, Snapology's mission is to provide educational play to children using Lego bricks, connects, and other interactive mediums. Snapology provides coding, robotics, and STEAM, which stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Art, and Math, programs to children of all abilities, including gifted children and those with extra needs. Laura's overseas. That would be that um, would be STEM. That would be STEM, not steamy, but STEM. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know we were talking about steamy, but make no mistake, it's STEM. <laughs> well, when you when you when you include the art in there, it, it looks like steam. So okay. yeah, <laughs> that's right. So Laura oversees the daily operations of Snapology's franchise, including franchisee support curriculum development, marketing operations, and the function of the corporate-owned local Snapology locations, which to me sounds like, wow, you're incredibly busy. <laughs> well, I have a few folks to help me, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. So Laura, we I think everybody here on the show anyway has had kids or has has kids or had kids or they're adults now and have grandkids, right? So I think we all understand what Legos are and connects. So tell me what made you come up with Snapology? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And it's a story, it's a story I love to tell. Um, first and foremost, I'm a mom uh, and I love being a mom. It's the best, best job in the world. And I actually started Snapology um, for my children. So I have two boys that uh, are now a senior in high school and a sophomore in college. So started it back when they were five and six years old. And uh, my older son in particular, um, is, both of my kids are very academic kids, but my older son in particular, he loved Legos, um, wasn't really into team sports, didn't really sort of you know love the athletics. And when he was, you know, four or five, six years old, I had a little bit of difficulty socializing him and getting him into, you know, activities that were kind of his wheelhouse. And so I was really struggling. He needed those social skills. And at the same time, I had owned a couple of businesses in the past that I had sold actually franchises. I was a franchisee in the past. I had sold those businesses and I was looking for, quite frankly, I was actually looking for another franchise to buy, but I couldn't find anything that really sort of fit. And as I was searching for activities for my son, Sebastian, I was also looking mm -hmm. for business opportunities. And I mean, it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks, no pun intended, one day <laughs> that the, the business was something for Sebastian. It was something in his wheelhouse. And I started to research a little bit more about Lego bricks and what you could do. And I found robotics classes and I found people that were doing birthday parties and I thought, you know, this, this is the business opportunity. So I went to my sister, uh, which was easy to do because we're best friends. She lives four doors down. Uh, oh. So I walked down to my sister's place and I was like, hey, you know, here's a, here's a thought. Here's an idea. Would you be interested in, in doing this with me? And we're sort of, uh, you know, we're, we're best friends, I think, because we're so opposite. Um, and she's more of the marketing and sales type person. I'm more of the finance and operations and boots on the ground. And she had all kinds of fantastic. And she's like, I'm all in, this is great. And so she became, you know, an investor in the business and, and helped me strategically for years and years. 
Um, and we just, we launched with a robotics, a Lego robotics program in our local rec center. And it, like, I clearly wasn't the only parent looking for this. Like it just, awesome. I mean, it just took off and, and we've basically grown exponentially since. That's amazing. So would you say an ideal candidate that might be looking for um, a Snapology, would it necessarily have to be a mom? Would it be, what kind of avatar are you looking for? Yeah, so we have a, a lot of varying backgrounds um, with our franchisees. And, and I'm not sure your background really matters as much as your passion for this type of thing. We do find that parents kind of naturally have that passion, right? They naturally want to see their kids succeed. Yeah. And particularly if you have a child that's like my children that are a little bit more academic than athletic, you struggle a little bit more to sort of find their greatness and help them, you know, be yeah. comfortable in their own skin. And so we do find a lot of our franchisees are moms or dads um, or even grandparents that really just want these programs in their area for their kids. I mean, that's really, that's really what's driving it. But we do have owners that, that don't necessarily have kids that just get it. They just understand the power in Lego bricks, the power in educational play, and that we're really yeah. kind of making a difference, you know, in, in what these kids, you know, ultimately grow up in, in their confidence and in those types of things. And so um, a lot of, lot of parents, I will say, but we do, it isn't necessarily a prerequisite. I think it's kind of a natural thing for parents, um, but it's really that passion and understanding sort of the fundamentals of what we're doing and how we're trying to, you know, make great kids that really drives mm -hmm. a great franchisee. I think okay. you know, one of the things that interested me, I noticed that you've been franchising since 2010, and I read that you have 150, is that up-to-date locations now? We do. We actually, we have about 188 locations, about 160 wow. of those are open. So we've got some <laughs> that we're still waiting on. We, we've had a great experience. We joined Unleashed Brands about a year ago. And so We've been really fortunate in the last um, six months or so to add on about 24 uh, urban air adventure parks are putting Snapologies inside of them. And so we've seen some, yep. some recent growth here that's it's phenomenal, right? Because you got two kids in your family. One might be super crazy about urban air and doing what they're doing. And another one, you know, might might not maybe be inclined that way, but loves to go up to the Snapology classroom and participate in those events. Um, and it's sort of the best of, of both worlds. Um, so it's, it's been a real uh, nice lift for us uh, in terms of uh, franchise units. I think wh whether you're a parent or a grandparent, you're always interested in enriching the lives of children. You know, so, uh, I mean, this is, I think, fantastic. It really is. Well, thank yeah, you. I... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, to me, the academic piece of it is cool. I mean, it's great. I love that we're academic, but the bigger piece to me is that every program we do, number one is super fun, right? I mean, it's gotta be fun or the kids aren't gonna wanna come back, which is great. We have great curriculum writers that just make sure everything, there's just so much fun packed into it. But the really impactful piece to me has been the social development. So we make sure that the kids are working in teams, that they're working together, they're building confidence, that they're getting up in front of the class and they're, they're getting presentation skills, um, that they're, you know, doing things that are really life skills, to be honest with you. But the foundation is that you take a lot of the, the kids that are naturally gravitate towards 
Lego bricks and those types of engineering to toys are more introverted kids, right? They're usually sort of your more academic, your quieter kids that don't maybe net, they're not the mayor of the town, right? They're not out there. And right. so what we can do is we can give them that confidence because they built a really cool Star Wars ship or a lightsaber that stayed together yes. because they engineered it properly, right? And so you can give them this confidence yeah. that really extends through their lifetime. And that's what I find that for me, that's why I'm in it. Like, I just love to see the kids and hear the stories about how they've overcome a challenge or they've found their inner greatness or whatever we can celebrate, you know, their differences and, and their challenges and give them something to really hang on to in, in terms of success. This sounds like a fantastic franchise. What, what does it take financially to get involved? Yeah, so we have a couple of different business models. Um, we have a model that's uh, truly mobile-based. So a, a crux of what we do is actually going out into the community. We'll call it mobile or we'll call it community-based. And so you're going into schools and libraries and churches and rec centers, community colleges, things like that, and you're offering your programs in other people's locations. That mobile um, opportunity is... I'm going to probably get the ranges not exactly correct, but it's around $50,000, $60,000 to get in. So it's a, you know, I mean, it's not it's a not small bad. amount of money, of course, it's but it's reasonable. Yeah. yeah, it's reasonable. And and the profit margins are great because you don't have the overhead of, mm -hmm. a, of a brick and mortar. And then yeah. our second our second most popular model uh, is where you add on a discovery center to that. And so then you're looking upwards to a couple hundred thousand dollars for that type of investment. But you're at that point, you're able to have a brick and mortar location. We've got a phenomenal new membership program where kids are able to earn. Um, a, it's a passport program and they earn stamps and they get all these rewards for getting different you know, leadership skills and engineering skills and 3D design skills. Awesome. And so it, it's a really, uh, you know, phenomenal program that if you've got that brick and mortar, you can bring the kids in. And so obviously the financial opportunity, it's a greater investment, but the financial opportunity is greater as well. So we've got sort of those two levels, depending on the type of investor or the amount of risk uh, that a mm -hmm. you know, particular person, you know, wants to wants to take. How long ago did you join Unleashed Brands? Because I happen to have one of your little alligators and I didn't bring it with me out to baseball today, but um, I do have it on my desk and I did get it assembled with a little bit of help because Legos are not the way my brain works. Um, <laughs> it, it, just, it just doesn't. So I did have to get another adult to help me, although I was laughed at the whole time. Um, but how long ago has it been that you've joined Unleashed Brands? Well, interestingly, next week, it'll be a year. So we're about awesome. to celebrate our year anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's probably at the IFA convention when I ran across those guys and they gave me the little alligator. Um, I think that's when they were just showcasing you and I didn't realize they had just acquired your brand. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me a little bit for people who are looking to get into, say, an emerging brand, but are, are, are maybe concerned about um, a bigger conglomerate buying up their brand, how what types of benefits have you seen since Unleashed Brands has bought Snapology? Yeah, I mean, there are a ton of benefits, um, not only to the franchisee, but also to, the, to, to me as the franchisor. So for me as the franchisor, the immediate benefits were I had access to a phenomenal group of you know, executives and their teams underneath them to help me with the business. So we have a pretty lean yeah. team at Snapology. We still do. There are um, seven folks on the team. 
And so having those backup resources to be able to help us when we can't handle the bandwidth, you know, of what's going on is a a tremendous value um, to, to me as the franchisor. And then it extends to the franchisee because they've been actually just able to wholly take things off of my plate. And so my responsibilities, since I've been part of Unleash Brands, are really no longer kind of growing the franchise. My responsibilities are all franchisee facing. So 100% of my time is spent trying to help them help their businesses grow. And so I don't have to worry about, yeah, I don't have to worry about the monthly financials, right? We've got a CFO and a phenomenal accounting team that does that for me. I used to have to spend hours a month doing all of that myself, right? Now I'm freed up. Yeah to do that in franchise development. And we've got one of the best franchise development teams in the industry led by Josh Wall and they do a phenomenal job. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Right. I can now focus on the franchisees. So, um, you know, we have access to better systems. We're able to get, you know, there's buying power in that. So it's kind of the best of both worlds, right? I'm a smaller brand, medium sized brand, maybe at this point, but I'm a smaller brand but I can take advantage of those economies of scale yes. um, by being a part of a bigger uh, organization. Um, and then yep. we've got six brands with us now, right? And they're all fantastic brands and we work really well together. And so we've got XP League, we've got Class 101, we've got Premier Martial Arts, Urban Air um, and Little Gym. And we all work yeah. really well together and we can help each other you know, on the, on the franchisee side, we can cross, you know, sort of sell. And, and, and if someone's a, a member sure. of one brand, they may have a sibling or something that wants to be in the other one. Class Absolutely. Or maybe they, maybe they just want a multi-unit kind of portfolio and they can stay within unleashed brands umbrella to, like you said, you know, you've got the urban air and then you add in a snapology and those two businesses play very well together but it's all going to be inside, say, your um, your urban air, right? So as a business you're, owner to own those two, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's exactly the direction that we're going. But they're, they're going in two directions with it. Um, the first is what they call sort of owning the children's market, right? So you could mm-hmm. be in a city and you could own one, two, three, four, five, even six brands under the same portfolio, Eventually, we're still working towards it because Unleashed Brands is a little bit new, but eventually we'll be right. on all of the same systems using all of the same things. We've even talked about, you know how you go to a city on vacation and you get the city pass? and it uh-huh. gets you extra, yep. Well, you could have the children's pass, right? The Unleashed Pass that gets you into all these different things. So there's so yeah. much benefit to that as a, as a business owner, as, as a franchisee, and to me as a franchisor. And so, I mean, Unleashed is really building something incredible and it's a little bit different than I've seen in some other portfolio companies where we really truly are leveraging everything we can from the different brands. Well, they all seem to be having a lot of fun too. Every time I see the Unleashed group out there and about or whether it's on Twitter or Instagram, I mean, they're clearly having a good time with the brands. They fit the mold of somebody who should be in there with the kids having and making a good time. So I think that's fantastic. And you know, the one thing I want to just mention for people who, again, are looking for a franchise, I mean, the cost that you talked about from having, you know, a virtual Snapology where you're not in brick and mortar versus brick and mortar, those are two opposite ends of the spectrum. So you could get in at a very affordable price, not that the brick and mortar is not affordable, but it's a little heavier on the investment. 
depends on what you're looking for. And uh, I think, you know, with Unleashed Brands behind you, what people have to understand is their marketing dollars are going farther. There's a lot of cross promotions and things that will happen. Um, and so, you know, these, a lot of times people get a little bit nervous about a newer brand, but in this case, I don't think you could go wrong. Yeah. I mean, I certainly wouldn't hesitate to become a, a franchisee under a portfolio um, because you do have that backing of the portfolio. Um, when you're a, a smaller emerging brand and it's somebody who's out on their own, there certainly are different risks associated with that. But when you look yeah. at Capology or you look at somebody like an XP league, this may be a little bit smaller, um, they have the backing of a big company and the, and the support sure. there, that, that's sort of an added level of comfort that you can have uh, with a more e- emerging brand. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Laura, I'm super excited for you. It sounds like Snapology is going to do some great things. And uh, I'm looking forward to having you back on again in the next couple of years and see how far we've gone from, did you say 188? Yeah. Yeah, wow. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot since 2010. Uh, well, yeah, and, and, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah and, and honestly, it's actually, we've only been franchising since 2015. So we started in 2010, <laughs> but the franchising's been since 2015. So most of our, our growth came in a couple of years before COVID. And then now, of course, Unleashed is helping us yep. uh, sort of accelerate now. So it's it's been a fun ride for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your obviously very busy day. And um, can you tell us for the people who are interested in your brand and want to learn more about Snapology, how do they find you? Yeah, so the easiest way to get to us is just to email let's talk at snapology.com. Um, and that'll get you to our um, uh, franchise development folks who can give you all kinds of information. Also, snapology.com, the website, or snapologyfranchising.com. Uh, we'll give you a wealth of information on the opportunity that we have. Fantastic. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, really, thank you guys. Really appreciate having you. Yeah, it was great. Always great talking hey, to Hey, franchise you owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. Hello, Kristen. Oh, are you pulling an Elizabeth? Perhaps I am. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here in the middle of the shopping center because I was hoping to have a good signal. And of course, I'm out of the breeze, but right in the sun. And I can't see anything that's going on really on the screen. So you guys could really be messing with me right now. And I would have no clue. <laughs> no worries. You know, what you would see on the screen right now is all kinds of different faces floating through it without really having you and I on there. So we're talking and oh. other people. Yeah. Oh, there you came on. So we're good. Okay, Anyhow. perfect. Hey, 
hey, I could really use a ride on your boat right now. It is sweltering out here. And it sounds like you've been having an amazing couple of weeks with all the people at your house. All the kids and grandkids. It's funny. I'm the boat driver for all the skiing and tubing and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes when we're changing people on the skis and the tube, I just got to jump overboard and cool <laughs> off from all the heat. Sometimes and they go, hey, we don't have a driver. Get back on here. <laughs> isn't it great owning your own business? Oh, it's so much fun. And, you know, that makes this fun when we're doing this show and talking to other people about what life can be like as you continue to grow in the franchising world and I can't tell you how much joy I got from listening to Laura talk about Snapology and the opportunities there that was phenomenal well you could just tie them right into your great clips businesses you know my dream is to put like six businesses (laughs) in one strip center next to each other and they all work together You can call it the Acres Center. Yeah, the Acres Center. (laughs) Well, you know, what I want to talk about today, Kristen, and uh, this is driven by what's going on in the world, right? A lot of the stuff we talk about is stuff we run into in our mentoring and all that kind of stuff. Well, this week I've gotten calls from two or three of the mentees that I work with about related, you know, things related to franchising that they were struggling with. And like many people, they got the cart before the horse. So they call with questions that are great questions, but we need to answer a lot of other things before we ever get to that question. And yes, truthfully, it frustrated me. And, you know, my mentees experience a whole new relationship with Jerry when they frustrate <laughs> me like that. And, and I get to take them back, back to the good old days when we take things in the right progression, in the right, right order. We work through a process. We're not yes. jumping all over the place. And I thought, you know, what better way to, you know, kind of reinvigorate other people thinking about franchising on this show than to go back into some of the process stuff, right? I think that's great because really process and franchising, they're very synonymous, right? I mean, franchising is process. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. And, you know, I, one of the things people get so excited when they buy their franchise and they just want to do a grand opening and start start doing stuff, whether it's yeah. providing a service or products or whatever it might be. They just want to get going because, you know, there's so much emotional backup in your system as you're going through the FDD and discovery day and yeah. getting financing and doing deals for real estate and all that kind of stuff. But at some point in time, you just want to get open. And so I understand it, but I've also seen so many people open their franchise and struggle for two or three years unnecessarily because they didn't follow the process up front. So So, what are some of the big things that they stumble on? Yeah. So, you know, they, for instance, they're, they're working on a build out, but they haven't ordered everything they need for the build out. And then there's additional delays on the build out. And so that's going to push their grand opening back while they're doing the build out. They need to be hiring and training people and they get a late start on that. They don't have a good plan to do it. Yep. Heaven forbid the franchisor has a plan, but the franchisee doesn't follow it. So that sets them <laughs> back even further. Uh-huh. Uh, so all of those things are frustrating. So, you know, just, just off the, off the cuff, you know, you're going to go through that whole discovery process and the FDD and working out, you, you got to send financials in. There's a long process you'll follow that the franchisor controls. And then they're going to say, okay, go, go do your thing, find a location, all that kind of stuff. 
Now, hopefully you work with a franchisor that has a really good checklist to follow as you go through that. Um, if you don't, you need to talk to pillars of franchising because our mentors will help you with that mm-hmm. process. So you don't make a mistake, right? Absolutely. So, um, follow their process because they're going to lay it out. You're going to go out and find You're going to research for real estate. You're going to look at a lot of real estate. You're going to choose one. You're going to do an LOI. You're going to hopefully work out an LOI. And then you're going to start going through a leasing process. And why, when you get that lease signed, then you're going to start ordering all kinds of stuff, whatever it is, whether it's, <laughs> you know, furniture or treatment gear or materials or uh, stuff to sell, whatever it might happen to be, food to prepare. If you're a, a restaurant type chain, you're going to go through all that. But again, just part of the process. And right. Now, Jerry, to, go ahead. Part of that, I wanted to, to stop you there. I know when we opened our franchise, Uh, often franchisors will give you like a grand opening packet, right? And it gets you most of what you need to get started, but then there are going to be additional things that you need. Um, But shouldn't most people have at least a rough idea of what they need to order um, from like their franchise agreement and the package that they're supposed to get with their franchise? Well, the answer is yes, they should, but they don't always get that. Uh, or okay. it's it's convoluted. I can think of one franchise system I work with that sends you uh, a really long list, multiple pages of vendors you can <laughs> buy different products from. So you have three or four or five different vendors for each one. Now, can yeah. you imagine how much confusion can come out of that for a brand new franchisee? And yeah, so, we had that here with us. Yeah. Yeah. So there might be things you don't get ordered. And in the Mm -hmm. world we live in today, if it's not ordered on time, it could be several months. So here's a Jerry story. I I love training through the things that I do. Um, We've opened several, the joint chiropractic clinics already. So we really know what we're doing, but we don't always know Mm -hmm. what's going on in the rest of the world. So now with supply chain issues, I've got a build out. I've I've got a clinic that could have opened about a month ago, except we don't have our cabinetry. So we don't have our front desk, our sign-in desk. So the the clinic won't look right and it won't feel right. So we're not going to do a bad job of a grand opening. So here we're going to wait that extra month for it to show up. Now, that was not bad planning on our part. It's just the way it is. But if you plan far enough ahead of time, you can adjust for those kinds of things, right? Right, right. Yeah. Well, imagine, I I can just imagine being all set to go and then my receptionist table is still sitting on a boat somewhere. I mean, and those are the things when Ray and I talk about, you know, if they tell you to have 125, make sure you have like, you know, at least two and a half times that because of things like this, you can't even imagine some of the stuff that's going to happen. I mean, and David's going through his thing right now with his own joint chiropractic where he's having trouble hiring people. Well, then you had problems with builders delays and then, oh, guess what? Two by fours. You know, if you were used to building it several years back, maybe you spent, you spent three or four dollars for a two by four, but now your costs have doubled. Yep. So if you're if you're not taking all those things into consideration, you can be very disappointed. Well, and the hidden thing here with both David's situation and my situation is you are you have been paying rent for a long time <laughs> with no revenue coming out of it. You've been paying utility yeah. for that period of time. You've been paying cams yeah. for that period of time. You may have hired some people already that you have to keep paying or they're 
They're not going to be around when the grand open. You probably yep. have some marketing already preparing to open and had to push that back. So you've spent tens of thousands of dollars to not be open. So you have to plan yeah. for that. I think your financing and having extra cash is, is a great idea. So the bottom line is there's a process to follow. Your franchisor should give it to you. Uh, if they don't or it's a bit convoluted or has some gaps in it, find somebody that can help you. Another franchisee in your system, another franchisee in another system who's a friend of yours, or by golly, come to Pillars of Franchising and talk to the mentors because we've, we've lived those things. <laughs> we've gone through it. We know how to help you with that stuff. Yep, absolutely. Very good. I couldn't agree with you more, Jerry. Well, I hope that you can uh, get your mentees all back on track, as, I sure, as I'm sure you probably already have. And uh, they will find life much easier when you follow a process. That's right. And so my final comments on that before we go to Fred's weekly question is, are these. Follow the process. Do not skip around. Do not pass go until you collect your $200. Make sure you do what you have to do in the right order. It will save you so much heartache and so many dollars. If the Zors have a checklist, follow it. If they don't or it's not good, get somebody to help you with that. Yep. Uh, build it the way it needs to be built by prioritizing the steps and making sure you follow them. Get help when you're working through that process and make sure that at the end of the day, you end up with the uh, business the way that it ought to be set up so that when you open it up, you're doing exactly what you're anticipating doing. And now the question awesome. of the week, <laughs> is this a good time to buy a franchise? And once again, I just talked to some potential franchisees today and they're ecstatic. They're so excited. You know, they're, they're concerned about inflation. They're concerned about job losses and recession and all those kinds of things. And I said, you just have to be selective about the franchise you choose. But many franchises right. grow like mad during recessions. So be a little more selective, yep. but make sure if you're buying that thing, you're, you're locked in, you're ready to go. And you may end up killing it right now when others are struggling. So talk to the people at the, your franchisor. Make sure you talk to your trusted advisors. Talk to, talk to the people at Pillars of Franchising because we've been there. We've done it. We can help you with it. Kristen, have a great week. Jerry, enjoy the boat down there in Arkansas. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time on Pillars of Franchising. As usual, thank you for joining Pillars of Franchising. We appreciate every single one of you. Um, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors the Titus Center for Franchising at Palm Beach Atlantic University. You can find them on the college's website. Also, Franchise Show 247, which can be found at franchiseshow247.com. And we couldn't do without our sponsors and we appreciate their support. Don't forget, we love to have call-in guests. Our number to call in is 323-580-5755. That is 323-580-5755. If you have questions for our guests or for any of our Million Dollar Mentors, we welcome you to call in at any time on the show. We will do our very best to answer your calls. Stay tuned. More coming up.
Hi, Kristen. Uh, I see you sweltering and I'm uh, in the sun and I'm, I'm here in the nice, cold, uh, boring office. I'm, I'm a little jealous. I'm a little jealous. Well, you know, I don't know. It's funny because as, as I was saying, well, you know, if you are tired of being in that building and the air conditioning, I was thinking, oh my gosh, that's where Karen is right now. I'm sitting here sweating. That's right. Exactly. But you're, but you're doing it because you want to do it, right? It's not because we told you you had to. I do. And I, so love, what I, I love what I do every day. And so it's it's um it's it's a it's a fun it's a fun job to have isn't it being in the franchising world yes yeah so yeah today what, what do I you have, have today my dear I do well, you know, it's really interesting I was thinking about like Laura talking about educational play I love it how she um you know with the franchise just getting getting these you know kids at an early age right to really use their 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 creativity uh you know the whole yes. stem. Uh, the, the whole, just how you can integrate science, technology, just all of that math, all that together, all those skills. And I think the communication, yeah. all those, all those are going to really bode well for them as they become adults in the work world. Um, you know, it, they really are. Absolutely. And I think about one of the things I'm hearing a lot about, and I keep hearing it over and over and over again. It's a theme. A lot of businesses, a lot of franchisees say, Karen, how, how do I get my people? How do I get my employees and my leaders to be better critical thinkers. How do I get them to do ah. that? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's it's, a big problem. <laughs> yeah. And so what, what are some of the things that you suggest to them for that? Well, you know, a couple things is, is cause when they, when they mean critical thinking, cause I'm like, okay, well, what do you mean by that? You know, and, and m- right. most of the time what they, you know, just in a really layman's term is they really want people, employees they can trust or leaders they can trust to make good decisions and they don't need handholding. Right. Can I, can I have people that are actually going to, uh, how, I don't have to have, make all the decisions. I have people that are actually going to think, right? How, did, how do they deal with each other? How do they manage conflict? How do they deal with customers? How do they help me? So I feel like I'm not carrying the load, right? That's usually the, the, the kind of the right. why, you know, the, the why piece. Yep. And, and, you know, because too many times what they're, what they're saying is people just don't, don't want to take action. So the first piece of advice I, I give is, and this is not going to surprise you, it's okay, we have to lead first. We have to model first. Because I think so many times as, as franchisees, we're doing, right? Even Jerry talked yep. about, you know, we have a process. We're following this, hopefully following a process, right? And those that don't sometimes, <laughs> and they are not following the process. Right. Or times when the process, it, it's there, but we have things like supply chain issues, we have issues that come yep. up. And we handle those. So we'll handle them. And then we'll tell everyone what we're going to do, right? And then we move along. So always tell them, right. you know, include people, include, mm-hmm. include your employees, include your leaders. And there are right. three different ways where you could really include them. Uh, first is in the kind of including them in brainstorming. So if an issue comes up, you know, you know, Jerry mentioned even like the supply chain, or if you're doing like grand opening and you have some polls, you know, solicit them say, Hey, you know, let's talk about this. Let's talk about what are some different approaches? How can we be creative? Kind of get their creative brains working. So they really feel like they're part of the process. So if you keep doing that, then what happens is they'll start coming to you. Hey, I see this issue over here. I've been thinking about some different ideas, right? So they'll, they'll come to you then and you'll get them being more proactive versus waiting for you to come to them. I think that's really good because then they kind of own the process or the system or whatever it is that you're setting up. They're a part of that. So they're not likely to say, oh, that's stupid. I'm not going to do it. But they wouldn't do that because they're part of it. Right. 
right. I, I read a, a good book a while back when I uh, worked for my corporate job called Walk the Talk. And it's just a simple book. It's not very long, but it really talks about taking that leadership position first and exercising the behaviors yourself that you want your employees to perform. Absolutely. It's the model. And we need to also give them, if you want to call it permission, because yep. people are like, oh, I, I didn't know you wanted me to do that. You know, so it's good when you're including them, you're modeling it and then saying, hey, c- come along, come along. Yeah. And yeah. I, think, I think the second thing is having them uh, really work with them on problem solving. You know, because I think too many times in problem solving, you know, if you've got an issue, let's say you've got two employees that that are really having issues with each other. And, and I get uh-huh. this a lot where, you know, they'll say we have these employees, they're not getting along. There's disagreement. And, and, and having having the leaders or having them understand how do we let's take an analytical approach to this because we get the emotion piece. So there's a logic and an emotion. So really yeah. taking that logical piece of, OK, let me understand each employee's side to this. Let me right. understand their perspective. Let me think about different options, right? Let me sure. think about what's fair to them. How can I be open-minded where I'm not taking sides? That's critical thinking, right? It's how we're yeah. kind of how we're dealing with people and thinking of options and looking yep. at, at the uh, the logic. Um, I know there's emotion in there, but looking more right. at the logic because you're going to have better, you're probably going to make a better decision based on that. Yeah, absolutely. Can you think of, and I know this is kind of an off the cuff um, question, but can you think of any good books that you've read that might help somebody who wants to explore that topic a little bit deeper? Gosh, you know, I have, I actually have, um, anyone wants to, to email me, I have a, I have a critical thinking, like a white paper. Uh-huh. So tips on, I have a white paper on critical thinking that, that that's Del Carnegie, published by Del Carnegie, and it gives nice. different tips and even a model. There's like a five-step model. Yep. Um, that's good. I also think the growth minded book, um, you uh-huh. know, I, what is it? I mean, that back on my shelf somewhere, but it's really about growth minded because that's part of being growth minded too, right? Is having yeah, those yeah. thinking skills. And I think that would be, that would be also, also good as well. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. And I'm sure if you have anything that um, would be uh, something that you want to put in our next magazine. I know Elizabeth would love to see that if you did a piece maybe on critical th- thinking as a follow-up to all this. Um, I know our listeners and watchers could check there and obviously obviously email you at uh, Karen at pillarsoffranchising.com. Yes, sounds good. Excellent. Karen, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy your air conditioning. I, I am indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great afternoon and we'll see you next week. Thank you. I am Elizabeth Denham, the Chief Content Officer for Pillars of Franchising. And I'm telling you that um, because I am always looking for people with a great story in the franchising space. If you have a great story that you would like to share either in the magazine or on the show, you can fill out our contact form on pillarsoffranchising.com. Also, while you're there, be sure to subscribe to the magazine. Um, You can choose all of the services that you might be interested in. If you're looking to buy a franchise, sell a franchise, become a franchise, if you need mentorship, and if you need to get the word out about your business, we have a lot of a variety of sponsorships for you. So be sure to visit our website, like, subscribe, and share this show. And we appreciate every comment and every engagement that you offer. Um, So be sure to visit our website at pillarsoffranchising.com. Thank you, Elizabeth. And we want to thank all of you who are watching and listening today from all of us here at Pillars of Franchising. We certainly hope you had a great 
4th of July weekend. I'd like to thank Laura Co of Snapology today for joining us, and as well, our Million Dollar Mentors who've uh, joined us and worked very hard to provide additional content, both for our magazine and here for the show, um, and also for our blog posts. So to Ray Pillar, Jerry Akers, uh, Karen Kimsey Sword, and on behalf of myself, and uh, also Elizabeth Denham and Fred McMurray, our producers and content officer in the flip. Uh, I'd like to say thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again next week on Pillars of Franchising, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here where you found us today. Have a great week.